From the inky blackness of the late September night, Max strode into the brilliance of the mansion's interior. A thousand beeswax candles in countless chandeliers and crystal sconces sparkled on the gilded ceilings of Edgecombe House and made its marble columns gleam. Still, perhaps it was just his jaundiced view of the world, but he couldn't help noticing how the dampness of the stormy night had permeated the house. Wet footprints marred the shining floor here and there, traces of mud carried in on guests' shoes. A heavy humidity hung on the air, pulling a faint, musty smell out of the rugs, and caused the feathers on the ladies' toques to droop. Declining to draw too much attention to himself, Max brushed off the butler, going in without the formal announcement of his arrival. Thanks to his work, he was no stranger to dropping into other people's parties uninvited, or going wherever the devil he pleased. The trick was to carry oneself as though one had every right to be there. He proceeded to do so, making his way at a casual saunter through the fairly crowded first floor. A few people here and there glanced curiously at him as he passed by, but Max avoided eye contact, knowing it wouldn't be long before they realised who he was. Sure enough, word began to spread after a few people recognised him here and there. He could feel the stares and whispers as he proceeded slowly, relentlessly toward the ballroom. He got a few shocked looks, but at least nobody fainted. The distant music steadily grew louder. He lifted a glass of red wine off the tray of a liveried footman. He passed two large reception rooms where tables were set up for the customary light supper, served at midnight, which was almost at hand. Ahead, he could now hear the pounding steps of a country dance in progress. Passing under some columns at the end of the corridor, he came out onto a landing that overlooked the ballroom. Rather than going down the elaborate marble staircase to join the party at once, he drifted over to the gilded railing, where he paused and scanned the crowd as intently as if he was still on the continent hunting one of his targets. As he scrutinised the weaving lines of dancers, he suddenly spotted a flash of golden hair. His eyes narrowed, pulse surged. His gaze homed in on Daphne Starling. He took only the slightest note of her tall, lanky partner. Then Max indulged himself in staring openly at Lady Number Five, savouring her supple grace in the movements of the dance, and perhaps undressing her with his eyes. He liked the low cut of her airy white gown exceedingly. It was obvious to him now why she had been careful to keep herself primly covered up going into Bucket Lane. If those men had realised just how beautiful she was, she might have caused a riot, like the one she inspired in his blood now. Max took her all in with a sweeping gaze, from her white satin slippers to the pale pink rose in her hair, the glorious whole of this splendid young woman so ripe for a lover's awakening. The drumbeat of his pulse thundered in his ears. He wanted to touch the curve of her cheek, feel her silken skin beneath his fingertips, explore her lush young body with his hands, his lips, set her pulse to pounding. No man could behold the likes of her without stirring of desire. But there was something more in his hunger, something unfamiliar, a deeper need. As she turned smoothly in the set, her arm outstretched, her high-gloved hand joined with that of her partner, he noticed her preoccupied expression, subdued and far away. She sent her flamboyant male partner a polite but distant smile, circling around him as did the rest of the ladies with their bow in the figures of the dance. But as her restless glance skimmed the ballroom, she suddenly spotted Max watching her. Their gazes locked. She stopped in her tracks without warning. Her partner released her hand and retreated back to the male line, 
but Miss Starling stood motionless in the middle of the dance floor, staring back at Max as though she had seen a ghost. He did not react, holding her stunned gaze in dark, serene patience. He tried to reassure her with his stare and his slight smile that he was quite unharmed. Meanwhile, her sudden halt had caused a degree of confusion in the set, to which Miss Starling still remained oblivious. The other dancers were milling around her, bumping into each other while her partner tried to get her attention. Her big blue eyes stayed fixed on him, full of overwhelming emotion that he actually found difficult to read for all his training. But it was then that he knew with an electric certainty deep in the core of him that the rest of Oliver's bride list was irrelevant. He knew he had found the one. And as he held her gaze, a single searing thought filled his mind, body and soul, and whispered to her soundlessly, You're mine.